This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 194 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPPN Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1992. It was a day that began like any other, until that little nuclear misunderstanding. So now, there are only six of us. Whoops! Premiered on Fox on September 27, 1992 at 10.30 p.m., In a concept that makes more sense as a drama, a nuclear war is accidentally set off by a kid's toy. Only six people survive who all improbably find each other at a farmhouse. There's Mark, Evan Handler, a schoolteacher, Jack, Fred Applegate, a homeless man, Alice, Megan Fay, a feminist bookstore worker, Fred, Cleveland Derricks, a biologist, Suzanne, Marita Garrity, a dumb blonde and hair salon worker, and Curtis, Lane Davies, a venture capitalist. They have to work together to keep the human race going. We covered Fred Applegate on episode 109 for 9 to 5, Cleveland Derricks on episode 175 for Good Sports, and Lane Davies on episode 183 for Good and Evil. Evan Handler got a gig as a theater intern out of high school, which led to stage work and Juilliard. His Broadway work includes Brighton Beach Memoirs, Bloxy Blues, Broadway Bound, and Six Degrees of Separation. He left Juilliard to appear in the film Taps. Other films, Natural Born Killers and Ransom, with TV roles on Sibs, It's Like You Know, Sex in the City, and the resulting movies and sequels, Hot Properties, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, Necessary Roughness, Californication, The Astronaut Wives Club, American Crime Story, The Breaks, and Power. Megan Fay has had a long career as a character actress, with roles from the late 80s to today. She's been a regular or recurred on O'Hara, Carol and Company, The 1991 Carol Burnett Show, Tales of the City, The Home Court, Midge and Buck, Voice Work, Malcolm in the Middle, Kingdom Hospital, The Bernie Mac Show, Agent Carter, Shrink, and a ton of guest spots. Films include Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Barton Fink, Rising Sun, Magnolia, the 2009 Halloween 2, and La La Land. This was Marita Garrity's only regular TV series. She's had a large number of guest spots. Films include Broadcast News, Sleeping with the Enemy, and Groundhog Day. Garrity appeared on Broadway in Coastal Disturbances and The Heidi Chronicles. Whoops was a swing and a miss for Fox, not surprising considering the subject matter, 13 episodes, three of which never aired. It was done far better decades later on the same network as The Last Man on Earth. TV Guide named Whoops the 42nd worst show of all time, calling it an apocalyptic Gilligan's Island. Found an episode on YouTube, the opening theme is wacky, with Mark's journal telling the tale and introducing the cast. Just like on Gilligan's Island, the cast wears outfits that remind you of their previous careers. 
Mark and Curtis hold an election to see who is assigned to keep the generator going and get the private bedroom. The characters are all idiots. The production is so cheap that at one point you see the boom mic. If this was reality, the human race would be doomed. Lori Hill premiered on ABC on September 30, 1992 at 9.30 p.m. A short-run medical dramedy about a pediatrician played by Delane Matthews. She works at a clinic and an emergency room, which results in cases both minor and major. Her partners at the clinic were played by Kurt Fuller and Joseph Mayer, with Doris Black as the receptionist and Ellen DeGeneres as a flaky nurse. Her husband, played by Robert Cloacy, is a stay-at-home dad taking care of their son, played by Eric Lloyd. We covered Doris Black on episode 108 for Baker's Dozen, Robert Cloacy in episode 158 for One of the Boys, and we'll get to Ellen DeGeneres later in her starring roles. Delane Matthews got her start on the stage in regional theater and off-Broadway. This led to Soap Guiding Light, with regular or recurring roles on Eisenhower and Lutz, FM, and General Hospital, but may be best remembered as the TV wife of Dave Barry on Dave's World. Kurt Fuller is a character actor with a long list of credits. His films include The Running Man, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Ghostbusters 2, The Bonfire of the Vanities, Wayne's World, The Fan, Scary Movie, Autofocus, Anger Management, Midnight in Paris, with 145 IMDb TV roles, including Wildside, Capital News, Time Cop, That's My Bush, Alias, Desperate Housewives, Big Day, Better With You, Scandal, Parenthood, Psych, Manhattan Love Story, Us and Them, The Good Wife, Kings of Khan, The Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair, Supernatural, and Evil. Joseph Mayer was born in Ireland, then immigrated to Canada. He performed across the country in a theater company before making it to Broadway in The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, The Royal Family, Spoke Song with a Tony Nom, Night and Day, Another Tony Nom, 84 Charing Cross Road, Loot, Drama Desk Win, Tony Nom. His film work includes Heaven Can Wait, Time After Time, Under the Rainbow, My Stepmother is an Alien, Sister Act, Mars Attacks, The Out-of-Towners, with regular or recurring roles on TV's Double Dare, Not the Game Show, Boys Will Be Boys, Anything But Love, Good Behavior, and Style and Substance. Mayer passed in 1998. Eric Lloyd was in the biz at age 18 months doing commercial work. He played a young Bruce Wayne in Batman and Robin, appeared in Dunstan Checks In, but is best known for the role of Charlie in the Santa Claus franchise. Lloyd was also a regular on Jesse. Today, he runs a music company for films and TV. Lori Hill only ran for five episodes with five more never aired. The show came from the creators of The Wonder Years, and ABC originally had high hopes for it. Instead, the critics lambasted it, and even having home improvement as a lead-in couldn't save it. Perhaps the shifts between comedy and drama were just too severe? A dramedy with a laugh track? This show did act as a springboard for DeGeneres. 
getting her regular role in These Friends of Mine from the same creative team, and that show would later be retooled as Ellen. You can only find clips of the show online. The opening theme is very slow and easy listening. DeGeneres does shine in her role. Great Scott premiered on Fox on October 4th, 1992 at 7 p.m. A failed vehicle for Tobey Maguire, who plays a teenager with a Walter Mitty-esque imagination dreaming up fantasies. His parents were played by Nancy Lenahan and Ray Baker and his older sister by Sarah Koskoff. Kevin Connolly played his popular cousin, whom the parents wished their son could be more like. Now, we covered Ray Baker in episode 165 for Down Home. Tommy McGuire wanted to be a chef when he was a kid, to the point that he almost enrolled in a home economics course. Instead, his mom offered him $100 if he would take a drama class. McGuire dropped out of high school to pursue an acting career. He got an uncredited role in The Wizard while doing TV guest spots. A year after Great Scott, he kicked off a major film career, This Boy's Life, The Ice Storm, Deconstructing Harry, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, The Cider House Rules with a SAG nomination, Wonder Boys, Sea Biscuit, another SAG nom, Tropic Thunder, Brothers, Golden Globe nomination, The Great Gatsby, Babylon, another SAG nomination, and of course, a long run as Peter Parker in the Spider-Man franchise. McGuire is an alcoholic and was dropped from the film Empire Records at his own request. He's been sober ever since. By the 2000s, he was also a producer of his films. He did return to TV in The Spoils of Babylon. Nancy Lenahan has had a long career going back to the early 80s. She's racked up 160 IMDb credits with films Smokey and the Bandit 2, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, The Great Outdoors, Pleasantville with McGuire, Froll Frontal, Adaptation, Catch Me If You Can, and on TV, The Faculty, Ellen, Grace Under Fire, Married to the Kellys, My Name is Earl, Worst Week, The New Adventures of Old Christine, How to Be a Gentleman, People of Earth, Veep, Bless This Mess, and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, often playing a Karen-type character. Kevin Connolly was doing commercials by age six and got a small role in Rocky Five. Other films, The Notebook, He's Just Not That Into You, Secretariat, Great Scott was his first TV role, following it up with Unhappily Ever After, First Years, Entourage as Eric, with a Golden Globe and three SAG nominations, Friends with Better Lives, and Pitch. Connolly also got into directing, including the film Gotti and several TV episodes. Great Scott only lasted six episodes, with seven more never aired. It ranked 136 out of 138 network shows. Bizarrely, it did better in Germany, where all 13 episodes were aired. Of course, the main hook of the series were McGuire's daydream sequences, where his character was always the hero. I found an episode on YouTube. It has a grungy theme with poppy credits. The daydreams are weaved into the show's reality seamlessly. Scott is asked to step into the team mascot role, but he gets a store's sign flipper to do it for him. Unfortunately, the other guy is too good, which puts him in a bad position. Scott is really pathetic. 
The Jackie Thomas Show premiered on ABC on December 1st, 1992 at 9.30 p.m. Tom Arnold gets a TV show, mostly due to the influence of co-creator Roseanne, who was his wife at the time. She had a hit show and a lot of poll at ABC, so... Arnold plays the eponymous character, a former nightclub comic and meatpacking worker who gets his own sitcom in this show-within-a-show concept. This parallels Arnold's rise to fame. Thomas is tyrannical to his staff in a similar manner to the show they were spoofing, The Alan Brady Show, another show-within-a-show, in this case of The Dick Van Dyke Show, again, just like the real-life Arnold. Dennis Boutsikarius plays the head writer with Allison LaPlaca as his assistant. Paul Feig, Michael Boatman, and Mary Edith Burrell play the other writers. Martin Mall plays a TV exec. Brecken Meyer plays Thomas's TV show son and Janetta Arnetta, his wife. We covered Dennis Boutsikarius on episode 176 for Stat, Allison LaPlaca on episode 160 for Duet slash Open House, Paul Feig on episode 175 for Good Sports, Mary Edith Burrell on episode 135 for Throb, Martin Mull on episode 119 for Domestic Life, and we'll cover Michael Boatman when we get to his better-known role. Tom Arnold had a tumultuous childhood. His mother abandoned the family. His sister would go on to run a large meth operation. Arnold would make a documentary about it. He got a job at a meatpacking plant and went to college, then tried out stand-up. Arnold hired him as a writer on her show, and he proceeded to write his own role as Arnie Thomas. Roseanne and Tom got married and generated a lot of tabloid articles. After her show ended, they moved to Iowa and opened a diner and then got divorced. He went on to a decent career with TV shows Tom, The Tom Show, I'm sensing a theme here, Sons of Anarchy, Easy to Assemble, Sin City Saints, NCIS New Orleans, Underdeveloped, and films True Lies, Nine Months, McHale's Navy, Hacks, Exit Wounds, Happy Endings, with later films being of dubious quality, where he often played himself. He won the Razzie in 1997 for three films, Big Bully, Carpool, and The Stupids. Arnold ran the reality show circuit and was addicted to alcohol and drugs. Brecken Meyer attended elementary school with Drew Barrymore and was reportedly her first kiss. Barrymore's agent signed Meyer, which got him into commercials, and this led to TV guest spots and the film Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Other films, Payback, Clueless, Escape from L.A., Can't Hardly Wait, Road Trip, Rat Race, Pinocchio, doing voice work. Jackie Thomas was his first regular TV role, but not the last. The Home Court, Inside Schwartz, Married to the Kellys, Franklin and Bash, Designated Survivor, The Fix, Good Girls, Crossing Swords, with voice work on Titan Maximum, King of the Hill, Supermansion, and Robot Chicken, where he got five Emmy nominations. He was also a writer. Meyer also created and produced the series Men at Work and has played drums in multiple bands. As you might expect, the actual backstage antics at the Jackie Thomas show were more interesting than the show itself. Roseanne not only forced ABC to pick up the show, she also insisted that it be scheduled following her own show, giving Arnold a huge boost. She sealed the deal by creating a seamless transition between the shows. The Connor family would begin watching an episode of the show within a show at the end of their own. 
This meant very few viewers bothered to change channels, resulting in Arnold's show keeping 90% of her massive audience. Eventually, the local affiliates nixed the idea as they were missing a block of local ads, at which point Arnold's ratings began to drop. Critics were mixed, and those who went negative got a famous fax from Roseanne charging that they hated women being successful and used an anti-gay epithet. The Arnolds pushed ABC to give the show an early renewal, but the network insisted on waiting until May. Roseanne publicly threatened to move her show to another network if ABC didn't renew Tom's show. The network countered that only the producers, Carsey Werner, had the authority to move the show, not Roseanne. In the end, based on ratings, the Jackie Thomas show was canceled after 18 episodes. Roseanne's production company signed a multi-year contract with ABC a week later. Tom went over to CBS to do a sitcom called Tom, which we'll get to soon. Now, I watched an episode on YouTube. Everyone is terrified for their jobs. There's a lot of Hollywood phoniness. Allison's character is the only source of reason. Arnold is one-dimensional at best. He decrees that his TV show's son has to die because he's getting too popular. They lay on the laugh track button hard. The episode bizarrely ends with no dialogue, just the crew wrapping up the TV show set. There's a lot of talent here. It might have worked if only Tom Arnold wasn't there. We'll finish up 1992 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.